Throughout this episode, you'll hear occasional dynamically placed advertisements as well as host-read ads by me promoting the work of my sponsors, similar to what you'd experience when you're binging your favorite YouTube content. If you find the ads disruptive, consider joining my community on Patreon. Premium submarines receive full-length ad-free episodes, hundreds of hours of bonus content, and the ability to connect and chat with other listeners. To learn more, visit patreon.com slash backfromtheborderline. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I have an exciting announcement. We have a very special guest here returning, and I will let him say hello. Oh, hello. (laughs) Who is this? Who am I? What am I? Surprise. It's Zaz. So everyone, Zaz is my lovely partner in crime. I don't like the word boyfriend. I feel like it's, this is my boyfriend. (laughs) Yeah, it is pretty pretty 90s pretty cringy zaz is my partner in crime my sometimes life coach my part my lover my friend and he's the best and he's returning after almost a year since he was last on the podcast it's pretty crazy and i will say that the last episode that zaz was on got an incredible amount of feedback. So many of you reached out and said how helpful it was to hear his perspective of, you know, a partner. Zaz and I are two very different people and he doesn't struggle as much with emotion regulation as I do. And it's a pretty powerful thing to be able to get a perspective of someone who sees it from the outside of someone struggling with the same things that all of you tuning in with do. So I'm very excited to share Zaz with you again because Zaz gives me some of the best advice. I consider him to be one of the most emotionally balanced people I know. And I'm stoked because we're going to do this episode where Zaz will get to respond and react to some of your voicemails that you've submitted. And Zaz and I will both just discuss them a little bit. So Zaz, before we start taking voicemails, Why don't you just share some reflections on what this year has been like since we last recorded, like what you've witnessed from the outside of this podcast growing, anything you want to share with the listeners? I mean, it's been an incredible year. I mean, first, I would just say how incredible it is to see what a beautiful community, you know, you've, you've built and, and it's so, it's so touching to hear, um, you know, to hear people from around the world share their stories and, you know, to connect um, to one another's humanity um, through their shared emotions and experiences. I think it's a, it's a magical thing, you know, and I, it's, it's, um, it's incredible to see how they've impacted you as well, you know, as a, as a creator. Um, It's always, you know, when you're, when you're, when one's creating in a vacuum, it can be very challenging, but it's a beautiful thing to see, um, to see what's 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 you know growing here what's brewing the witches brew (laughs) the witches brew the bitches brew (laughs) (laughs) it is pretty amazing and zaz is here i read his the emails that you send to me i play the voicemails for him he's really been a witness to this yeah it's it's incredible yeah you know and it's it but you know something that's really stood out is 
you know, we all are, are, are experiencing the world um, in a very nuanced manner. And it's, you know, everybody is facing a challenge. Um, you know, that's like the universal truth. You know, we all know what it feels like to hurt. That's the truth. And no, none of us are exempt from the suffering part no. of life. It's just a matter of the ebbs and flows of the suffering and how good you are at riding the waves. Yep. Right? Yep. Because you've been through a lot of trauma in your life. And you, to me, are someone who is an expert at riding the waves and an expert at not reacting immediately. Mm -hmm. You're very good at filtering your feelings through your own kind of mental framework before deciding how you're going to react. And mm -hmm. I think that's why the people who tune into this podcast can learn so much from you. And it's why I want to share you with them because I've learned so much just by observing how you handle your emotions. Because you're a very creative, big feeling person. Absolutely. You have huge feelings. And I would yep. wager to say, you can be moody sometimes. Oh, yeah. Like I witness his moods all the time. But what he doesn't do is he doesn't make permanent decisions or big reactions based upon temporary emotions. Yeah. Do you want to speak to that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, you just, one always has to um, zoom out. As I say, I like the analogy. Sometimes I, I share the analogy with you of, you know, you see the birds out in the tree and they're all like, chatting and just like losing their mind like when you see all those small little sparrows and they're all just like <laughs> just like a total bird party but it's chaos somewhat it's just and i i kind of like akin that to you know kind of like the 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 chaos of the mind when you're like feeling a certain way or you know like you want to react but then you look up high and you see you know that one bird the falcon or whatever it is right just kind of like hovering up looking down just kind of you know in the stillness of the wind and I feel like that's such a perfect analogy for, you know, just the mind, right? Yeah. You can you can choose to fly higher and kind of have like a bird's eye view of it all. And from afar, everything seems much smaller. But when you're in the in the bushes or the trees mm. among everyone, it, it it can feel overwhelming. And, you know, um I always remind myself that I can be that bird way up high. Yep. Um, and I choose to often try to fly up there, you know, and I think that's like, that's saved me in many circumstances. It's a really beautiful analogy. And I think that for context, everyone, the balcony of where we live, like we can view down on like this just massive amount of trees. And I have tons of bird feeders. And so always there's a conglomeration of birds around and you can just see the birds going just like ham sometimes. They're all just like flittering around and like you can just sense they're yelling at each other. And Zaz has pointed out so often to me that that's kind of like the energy I get myself stuck into. It's like you're twittering around in the bushes with these little birds and like you need to be the big bird up in the sky that's doing a big circle over all of it because mm -hmm. you'll occasionally see bigger birds and they're never down there twittering around with the tiny little birds fighting over the seeds. Yeah. <laughs> they're always soaring above it all. And I think I think it's good sometimes to to see to look at nature and just observe, you know, the world around us for these these kind of like metaphors and anecdotes. I think, you know, you can see stillness in 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 one's life um just by walking, going for a walk and you know, I like to to borrow 
from you know what is in plain sight sometimes and and to find my own peace and i think that that's been something that i've um observed and 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 applied over the course of my life and i continue to refine that and lean into that absolutely i mean i witness you doing that all the time i think that that is a filter that all of us <laughs> i'm moving myself in me and the listeners that we should try to embody, you know, because the goal is to not eliminate suffering. It's not to have a perfect life or be quote unquote fully healed. It's all about developing that filter and Mm -hmm. the ability to zoom out. And then you can more adequately handle the inevitable stressors. Yeah. They're guaranteed. They're guaranteed. That's also a big thing is recognizing, you know, whenever I'm having a really good day, I've now learned to accept that there's going to be an equally bad day. You always say that. Yeah. And I've learned that. I remember when I was younger, I used to like, you know, I used to have these moments where things was going, were going so well. And then I would think to myself, oh, shit. Yeah, something, you know, has to shift. Um, You know, which could be, you know, maybe it's a self-fulfilling prophecy at that point. I was just about to say, like, yeah. <laughs> is that a good thing to no. be thinking like, oh, shit's been going too well. Yeah. well, that, Something's well, got to go wrong well, now. That, I don't know if I recommend that approach. Well, that's what I realized was like, you know, and and, and, I, and, and that's why I even say it. It's like, you know, it could have been a self-fulfilling prophecy. But needless to say, as a young kid, teenager, like that was what my brain did, right? Mm-hmm. And and sure enough, you know, that would follow with some uh some some kind of suddenly something would happen, right? Yeah. Some kind of issue, situation, health scare, you know. Mm. And that's in context of also me like having been a, a hypochondriac for years. I was many about years. to say you can talk to that a bit yeah. because he that is your thing. Yeah. He has like what I think is like a very a preoccupation with minor aches and pains. Yeah. It's that thing we all do where it's like, oh God, my throat hurts. I must have throat cancer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like that's how I would manifest my anxiety, you know, was yeah. was in body body pains and aches and, you know, fear of, of death and, you know, one's own mortality, like the mm-hmm. questions around that. Uh, so yeah, so when things were going well, you know, I would, and, you know, I'd quickly recognize and shift to that. So, you know, Thankfully, as that cycle has kind of, you know, fleshed itself out through the years, um, you know, I've, I've arrived at a place where I have recognized that, you know, it's natural, just like the weather, it's natural for there to be sunny days and cloudy days. Yes. And that's okay, right? And, you know, if, if you shouldn't put too much weight on the sunny days nor the cloudy days yeah. where you're like, you know, if it's not sunny all the time, suddenly you think that life's just... Uh, you know, horrible, or if it's cloudy for a period of time that somehow you're like destined and doomed. And, you know, I've learned to realize that there's something beautiful about that, that, that cycle and that it's completely natural, really. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you could find the best in, in every experience that you're, you're having, whether it's good or, or challenging, you know. And you know, what's coming up for me when you're saying that is, how important it is for both partners in a relationship and friends, whatever relationships you have, intimate relationships in general, everyone has their own traumas. Everyone has their own little things, right? Zaz and hypochondria, me and emotion dysregulation, and I have a million other things I'm working on. And I'm sure Zaz has other things he could bring up. But me working on myself and improving on these issues that I have been having, reasons why I started this podcast, 
allows me, I would hope, obviously only you can respond to this as, that I'm a more stable and dependable partner for you Mm -hmm. so that I can kind of support you through your hypochondriac moments. Whereas before I was so dysregulated that it's like I couldn't really be there to support you. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a challenge before, you know, I I feel like now we've arrived at a place where, you know, you, you allow yourself the time to reflect on, you know, what I'm sharing Mm -hmm. with you and, and, and then, you know, respond to it in a, in a fair way, you know, in a, in a reasonable way that, that, that wasn't just, um, you know, like an immediate reaction to what, you know, you were hearing from me. Uh, And it's allowed me to be more open to sharing how I'm actually feeling, um, you know, without the anxiety that it might, you know, like cause you to like freak out or something, you know, to be honest, like. (laughs) So embarrassing, but yeah, yeah, it's the truth. You know, like that's, and, and so because of that, you know, ultimately. And most of my freakouts, by the way, were like, I would say, Maybe subtle isn't the right word, but it's not like I was throwing things or like, you know, beating the shit out of you. No. It was more like, at least, at least the way you've described it to me is like, you felt like, is it worth me sharing how I feel or saying this to her right now? Because she's going to turn it into a whole thing. I'm going to want to talk about it, read into it, create stories about it, et cetera. But obviously you share what you I mean, you know, it would often reveal itself in the body language and like Mm. nonverbal cues, you know, it's like, you know, when, you know, you you share something and someone's like running, running with it in their head, they've like taken, they've. And I'm like the queen of that. Yeah. (laughs) And so, you know, and I'm highly sensitive to, to those type of things and just, you know, I can Yeah, you're very hypervigilant as well. You know, like I have a good sense of what people are feeling and and kind of like where their head's at. And so. Mm you know, to be that vigilant and then to kind of see you have run, you know, run with things in your own mind and then, you know, and then bring it up and then it turns into a conversation um, that, that just didn't make sense to me of like how we ended up there. God. Um, But the thing is like, that's far and few in between, like if ever, like it's, it's just not a thing really that, that we face. And 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 it used to be such an issue. It was so frequent. And it was very damaging. It was. It was a real, real challenge. And we share this because this is something that was like probably going to be the demise of our relationship. Mm. And now we've gotten to the point where it is no longer an issue. And it doesn't mean that we're not going to have moments that we disagree or that we feel upset with each other. But I think the the element of like complete hysterical breakdown has been removed. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. I, absolutely. I mean, I, I I just like to imagine like we're not running off into the, into the tall grass. Like, <laughs> you know, like we, we keep, we stay on course. Yeah. Uh, f- you know, far more frequently. And I mean, it's kind of the new reality. That's the reality, right? It's yeah. been that for, for a while now. Um, and, and, and that's why there's really not, any tension in the house like if there's any tension it's because independently in our own respective lives we're like being stressed by like work work or or, whatever yeah other things like that um but it's never really driven by you know like some kind of like interpersonal drama that you and i are creating no and now i think we like we were talking about it the other day where we feel like our relationship and our house the place we live you know is calm now like we feel like it's a safe haven it is each other now and before that was not the case we loved each other a lot but i think both of us were just like 
this is it's a lot <laughs> yeah it was it was a lot you know but you know we 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 stuck it out like that's yeah. the thing ultimately it's you know you, you got to work together you do that's that's the bottom line you have to work together to try to find symbiosis yeah. you know to try to find collaboration it's like polish the stone yeah you, you have you have to do it. it doesn't matter who you're with like it doesn't matter it just it doesn't matter if it's romantic professional like yeah nothing working and collaborating with other human beings is difficult yeah it's you know what i mean it's hit or miss it's difficult and there's a lot of you know that also makes me think of zaz like it's just like what you were saying before. We have these expectations that there should be no suffering or that if you're in a romantic relationship, like everything should just work. Otherwise, they're not a good fit for you or something. I'm sure there are certain things where it's like, you know, if there's physical abuse, if there's like some really scary big T trauma shit mm -hmm. going on in a relationship, that's another story. But expecting a relationship with two people with two back different backgrounds and different types of quirks and triggers for it to just work perfectly out of the box you're yeah. going to be chasing a fairy tale yeah i mean and it's also such a like marketable story to you know to try to sell the narrative that you know true yeah. love and true you know a healthy relationship is like rainbows and gumdrops and fucking like you know, unicorns flying out of your ass. Like, and, and partnership takes time. It makes me think about watching Love is Blind not too long ago, right? Where it's just like, you can't force a marriage. Like that takes time. You have to really get to know people and you can't get to know someone under the circumstances of a reality show properly either. But no. it just goes to show that it's like, this stuff takes work. It does. The, the one thing I will say, the caveat is like, you know, if you guys can align on on the, on, on sharing the core values, the yes. same core values, that's a good point. Then, then I think like you're on the right track because if you're with a human being that has or collaborating or working with someone or whatever the case is that has really different values than you do, you know that that's where it poses potentially a detriment to, yeah. to both people. Yep. You know, and and I think like that's a circumstance where you know, we shared similar values, you know, and like while we had different views of how things, you know, what the details of certain things may be, it all came down to like common values that ultimately drove us to, you know, like work together to 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 find the place where like, wow, we're really like a powerful super couple. Like we, yeah. we really can, can operate like as a powerful unit together now. Can you explain before we jump into the questions just what you mean about shared values? Because I actually think that that can be pretty, if you don't actually explain what that means, it's hard to for someone to visualize, especially because people that identify with this symptomology, right? This just like, it's hard for us to even know what our core values are. That's one of the things I'm actually working <clears throat> on and want to do an episode on. So what do you mean when you say we share values and why is that important in relationships in your opinion? Well, for instance, I'll give you an example. Like I value being compassionate towards others, mm -hmm. right? And if I were with a partner that was that did not feel that they should give compassion to other people that they don't know, yeah, that's a fundamental, that fundamentally goes against like my core values. I, I believe that everyone deserves compassion. Yeah. Period. 
That's now, a great example. Right? And, and, and I've argued with people who disagree, you know? <laughs> wow. <laughs> but, you know, they'll pull examples. What about this person who did this, this bad thing? Done? And I'll say everyone uh, has trauma. Everyone has gone through something. Like, no one's born a terrible person. Yeah. And so, you know, that's my personal observation in life that 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 has developed into my value of that, right? And so, um, like, that's a perfect example. So, like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't compromise on that. And that's okay. That's like, yeah. those are my principles, right? Yep. And, and I think that that's important for anybody, you know, whether they're the person, you know, on the receiving end or on the other side of that, you know, to recognize, like, your values matter. And, like, there are people that may not align with that, and that's okay, but that might not be the best fit, in my opinion. That's really beautifully put. And I think it just goes to show too, right? It's like you can rush into a relationship with someone. I know I've done this in the past, rushing into the relationship with someone, even like moving in with them. And then you go out to dinner one night and they're like, they say something or share kind of a belief they have. And you're like, oh my God. Like I was dating a guy who I was living with. I shit you not. And he shared with me just casually at a dinner table once that he just believes that basically if a young child watches a show where there's like um, same-sex attraction, that it will like turn that child gay. Wow. And I was like... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's exactly... But think about it. I was living with this person. Yeah. How in the fuck? Those are jarring And it happens all the time. Mm -hmm. And those experiences are jarring. So jarring. And then you're stuck. You feel stuck because you're living with them. Why do people not get to know who they're with? It's because they want the fantasy of a perfect relationship without actually thinking about, is this person a good fit for me? And Mm -hmm. asking the right questions and listening instead of creating a fantasy narrative in your mind. Powerful stuff. So shall we take the first questions as? Let's do it. So I'm going to play two voicemails back to back because I felt like these two listeners have a very similar vibe and what they're asking kind of is the same. So just so you all know, I kind of put together some love and relationship themed questions that I received in voicemails so that we could kind of make this a similar topic. So let's go ahead and listen to these two voicemails from Laurel and Raven. Hi Molly, this is Laurel from Puerto Rico. I am coming in because I've been going through a really hard situation. I have been going out with somebody that is great, that actually wants to invest time in knowing about trauma, in knowing about everything. And we have a great time together. We have a great connection apart from um, my trauma. Um, But I have left him five times already. We are not he's not my partner, we're getting to know each other, but I have bailed on the on the relationship five times and I've been verbally abusive to him, telling him that I hate him and that he is one thing with me and another, uh, that he's going to hurt me. And I know he feels abused by me. And I remember you said your catalyst for change was that your partner felt abused by you. Um, so hopefully I can over this bomb because I really want to let someone in and love me and show the love that I have to give to this person too. So thank for listening, Molly. Have a nice day. So that was Laurel's 
message, and now we'll play the other voicemail from Raven. Hi, Molly. My name is Raven. I'm 28, and I'm from Massachusetts. I have been listening to your podcast for about three months. I started when I had a pretty intense breakup and listened to your episode, BPD Breakups, and like found that really helpful and um, felt like understood and heard. Recently, I think like after doing more research on BPD, I had like a I'm the problem moment realization. Um, and like it came to light, like how I acted in my relationship, um, kind of feeling like, you know, like I, I was the one worth leaving um, in a lot of ways. Like I was emotionally abusive to my partner and like I'm in a place where I can let go of the relationship and I like know it wasn't right but I like can't forgive myself and I'm just like in a really bad shame spiral and I like know that you talked about um when Zaz told you that you were emotionally abusive like how how did you feel shame or how did you get through that shame because I know that I want to work on the skills so I don't do that in the future and like in my my future relationships but how do I feel okay in the meantime um thank you so much you're amazing you've been super helpful bye well I want to just say thank you to both Laurel and Raven for sending this and I want to open it up for Zaz to reflect but I want to start just by saying that I actually think it's really honorable and honorable might not be the right word but I respect anyone who can be so self-aware because it's not easy realizations to make. It's much easier to say, oh, this person was an asshole and I'm just going to move on to the next relationship. So Zaz, what are your reactions to both Laurel and Raven kind of sharing that they're having this I am the problem moment that we talk about so much on the podcast and they're both realizing their own emotional abuse? I'd love to hear your reaction to that, especially as someone who was in the shoes of probably the people that they dated. Wow, yeah. Well, I mean, you you know, you took the word right out of my mouth, you know, quite literally, which I was going to say, self-awareness. Mm. And I was just going to comment on, you know, how beautiful it is that, you know, they're expressing that, you know, their own self-awareness has 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 kind of enabled them to um kind of move progressing in a, in, on you know i think in a positive way on their journey and i think that's such a like a critical point for any human being to recognize how their impact um on the lives of people around them may have you know out, outweighing repercussions a ripple effect of sorts um you know i think like that's half the battle often Absolutely. Is, is getting to that to that stage and you know i i, I re- remember when you had, um, you know, expressed it to me that, you know, you were aware of, uh, your, the, the impact that you were having on, on my, you know, our relationship and on, on me, um, it was liberating, right? It was a liberating experience and, and all my frustration and anger towards you and resentment in those moments, you know, in that moment, like completely dissipated, right? And to your, to the first, you know, a voicemail, like, my message, I was just gonna, uh, and I was as I was listening to it. My message to her was, was Laurel, to, yeah, Laurel, yes, mm. was to say that you know, there's nothing more powerful than sharing what you just said, yes, to that person, yeah, to with say, them, hey, with them, 
that's the most powerful thing you could do. And I, I think could, that's the difference between Laurel and Raven too. Like if you want to meaningfully continue the relationship with them in some way, mm-hmm. it's really important to verbalize that. Yes. And maybe it would help Raven too to verbalize that. Say mm-hmm. maybe if we don't move forward, but I still want to let you know that I I recognize that what I did was emotional abuse or like share your reflections with that person because maybe, and you can say, I know we're not a good fit, but I still love and respect you as a person and I needed you to know this. Wouldn't that be so cathartic to hear? Incredible. I think you know the humanity of doing that mm. is a very powerful thing and to step outside of your own ego, any person's ego, yeah. you know, um, and fear and anxiety and, and, and be able to just say that, right? I yeah. think is um, to any human being is such a profound healing opportunity. And you know, I will say something because we have big feelings and Zaz is a very mature, emotionally mature person. And I will say that like you have to expect any response. Every person is not going to respond to that how Zaz did, right? And, but that's why you have to kind of steal yourself. Like whatever their reaction is, let them have their reaction, right? But the fact that you're willing to be open and honest and sharing that Zaz mentioned it's half the battle and that like I wrote that down because I was like it is like the fact that they're sharing this what you are feeling all this pain but I think both of these listeners maybe aren't even recognizing the progress that this represents that's exactly it it's it's incredible like that's it's incredibly um positive I even though there's pain and, and and suffering there um what is what I heard there was extreme progress being made, and, and mm. I'm proud. I'm proud that they're recognizing that. You know, I, I feel any, every human being deserves to um, to make those breakthroughs. Some people are stuck, you know, and I think that this represents an example of people that are finding light. Yes, you know, if Raven asked you uh, directed a couple questions to me, and you said you wanted to know if I felt shame and how I got through that shame. To answer your first question, fuck yeah, I felt so much shame. I felt horrible. I felt like a trash person. And even after sharing that with Zaz, rather than doubling down and just continuing to react, when I actually just broke down, I didn't even know what I was doing when I kind of admitted to him that I was emotionally abusive. It was almost like I'd cried all my tears. I'd fought. I had been as dysfunctional as possible. And it was almost like I didn't have anything left. And I just kind of told him like, I don't know what to do. I feel like I'm having a mental breakdown. I know I'm treating you like shit. I don't even remember my exact words, but I just like, it was my my last straw. And I think I was like crumpled on a ball on the floor, just crying. And I said, I'm so sorry. Like I, you don't deserve to be treated like this. And I kind of told you like, I don't know what to do. I feel helpless. And I feel like I need help. Like I'm a broken person and I know that I can't continue on this way. And I, and you, I watched your eyes just all of your fight like went away and you just had compassion for me. It's like you said, I could see it in your eyes. And I remember you immediately saying like, thank you for just acknowledging that because now I have compassion for you rather than feeling like I'm going crazy you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, the, the, that the, it's, it's the challenge is when you feel like, like what you're experiencing as the person on the receiving end of that behavior, Mm. like 
what's so frightening and difficult is is feeling like you're like in the twilight zone i say like you know you've said that so much in our relationship he's been like i feel like i'm in the twilight zone when we're having a fight (laughs) yeah it's like a fun house it's like you're like everything's distorted and you're just like you're trying to hold on to some semblance of reality and you know to be able to know to be able to be validated and 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 saying, well, you know what, what we just shared here was not normal. Like that's I, I I you know like this was not a normal experience, and I recognize that. You know that's a very um, healing moment, and I think like that's when people theoretically can come together, right? Those Absolutely. are during those moments um, that people can come together, and sure, it can go any way. Um, but I I feel like normally, you know. That's that's a positive outcome comes of that, even if it's later at a later point. Mm. I mean, I think we said everything that needs to be said for this one. We admire so much both of your bravery and vulnerability and self awareness. This is a it's more progress than I think you're aware of for both of these listeners. This is a huge huge moment, and like Zaz says, it really is half the battle. Now that you're aware though, what you have to do in a relationship is like, there's that phrase, talk is cheap, you know, you have to walk the walk. So if you're going to, if Laurel, if you're going to continue in this relationship, it's about owning up and taking accountability and validating that this person's experience, if they're guaranteed, your partner is probably thinking like, what the fuck is going on? Like, is it me? What's going on? So to be able to like ease their mind that like you're aware that this is dysfunctional, you love them and that you are going to work on you and you're going to show them by your actions and your behavior and you're going to slip. So the most important part, I do it with Zaz still to this day. If I snap or if I do something immediately, I will swallow my pride and I'll say, I actually just snapped right now. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I, I snapped. I'm sorry, it's not you, I'm hungry or I'm whatever, right? And then I go take care of my shit, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I go take care of my stuff. And in the case of Raven, you know, you've identified that this partnership isn't right for you. So you have the ability to either reach out to them and atone if you wish, you know, if you care about this person and you kind of want to like tie things up and really if it will help you cathartically share that and if you feel like it's appropriate, because sometimes things end on a note where maybe it's best to just let the person be yep. and maybe come back later, you know, after it's had time to breathe. So only you can know how things ended. But I think that we're leaving you both with, we're proud of you. That's yeah, a beautiful thing. Yeah. So our next voicemail is from Allie. Hey, Molly. My name is Allie. I'm 22, calling from Cleveland, Ohio. Um, I've wanted to leave a voicemail for a while, but didn't really know what to talk about. Um, Long story short, started listening to your podcast a couple months back after I went through a really hard breakup. Um, You know, really put all my eggs in one basket with this guy. And it was really, really hard. And I actually ended up hospitalizing myself because I knew I needed help so bad. Um, I'm 10 months out of it now. It's still really hard. I still dream about him pretty much every night. Um, he has kind of become friends, well, not kind of, has become friends with my old friend group. So it's been really hard moving on because I see him pop up a lot on social media and I'm just trying to get over it, but still very much like, I don't know if I'm in love with him or just have a lot of love for him, but I've been on the dating apps and there is a person 
who I'm talking to right now, who just seems really cool, really sweet. It's like the first time I've messaged a person and actually like the things that they have said have made me smile. Like I can't help but smile. But I am terrified because I'm learning I don't really know how to get romantic feelings for a person without being obsessed with them. (laughs) So any advice on that would be great. I'm just trying to keep myself steady. Well, thanks, Allie, for this voicemail. So Zaz, what's your reaction to this? Because you are like the least obsessive person I know. Like you get obsessed about your hobbies, Mm -hmm. but – A fun tiny tidbit is when Zaz and I were first dating, I like almost sabotaged our relationship because I like met up with him and I was like, I don't know, maybe this isn't right, whatever. Like, I don't know if we should see each other anymore. And Zaz literally responded like, okay, but can we still be friends? Because like, I like you as a person. Like, why does this mean we have to stop talking? And I was like, skirt. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, wait a minute, maybe I do want to date you. (laughs) And so you literally were just like, you were just like, whatever, cool. If you don't want to be, you went on a whole spiel too. You're like, I, if you don't want me in your life romantically, can we at least be friends? Because I like you as a person. Yeah. I mean, at the core, you know, it's, it, we're just humans trying to connect to other humans, you know, yes. it's share connecting and sharing experiences with human beings is a beautiful thing. Mm. You know, it's, that's why I love traveling because it's like, you get to just run, encounter people and listen to stories and, yeah, you know, connect. So to her point, though, like if you're sitting in the Zaz slash Dr. Phil chair, what advice would you give to your friend or your sister or whatever if she asked you, like, how do I navigate the dating pool? Imagine I'm your sister. It's like I'm the archetype, very emotional, gets obsessed with people quickly. What would you say to me if I was out in the dating world and I was like, I don't know how to not be obsessed with people? What advice would you give? Well, I would say, I mean, honestly, I would say like, you you know, if you keep telling yourself that you're obsessed with people, mm. then like you're kind of, you're kind of, you know, like signed, sealed and delivered. You're kind of like establishing the framework for how you believe your interactions with people are. And I think ultimately, like you need to remove any any self-labeling of how you engage with people and like start from scratch. Mm. You know, I think people don't ever consider the fact that maybe the way that they frame things, even in their own lives, I certainly do it. Say, Oh, uh, this always happens to me. I'm always, you know, this is oh, just <laughs> like you saying, yeah, there's going to be a bad day coming. Yeah. It's like, yeah, things. exactly. Case in point. It's like, you know, or, or it's like, Oh, this, of course this is happening to me. You know, like I, I've caught myself saying that and I realized like, what, what the hell am I, what does that even mean? Like, I know that I know what you mean. You I know do the I mean? same thing. Yeah. This always happens to me or I always fuck up relationships. I always, or I'm always obsessed with people. Mm-hmm. So true. And I think that the, one has to be mindful of, you know, not, not, um, you know, like the things you say to yourself, yeah. you know, it's thoughts like, become things, they become things. And so, you know, to, to, to the first, you know, addressing the first portion of what she was saying about dreaming about that past person, you know, people make impressions on you. That's, that's a very valid and, 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 you know, to this day, I dream of people that I've met in my life and like, that's perfectly normal. Mm-hmm. It's like these people, that's what happens when you, you know, connect to other human beings, male, female, doesn't matter, friend, foe, all these people will show up in dreams. My mom dreams of people sometimes. Um, so I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't, you know, don't, don't shame yourself for that. Yeah. Most, absolutely. most importantly. 
Um, I but, think, oh yeah, go ahead. I don't want to cut you off. Yeah, I was just going <laughs> to say, as it relates to, you know, this, this new person that makes you smile, you know, uh, approach it with childlike abandon, you know, mm. safely, you know, be curious and, and don't, don't, um, don't frame it too soon. That's a beautiful way of putting it. It's like, don't tell yourself stories about yourself, you know? And also, instead of thinking, <laughs> I'm going to find my husband on this app, think I'm going to connect with people, I'm going to be curious, and I'm going to, to the point of the kind of first things we were talking about at the beginning is like, start finding out what this person's values are. Ask good questions. Don't just get caught up in the obsession and your story of the idealized version of them. Take this as like a, a fun testing ground, right? You're not testing people in a bad way. It's like you're almost testing yourself. How can you approach this new engagement with this new person that's making you smile and learn about them and their values and decide for yourself in an empowered way if this is for you? And either way, no matter what the outcome is, it will be a growing experience for you. And my advice, like big sister Molly advice is just like, don't sleep with this person too soon. That's what I say. If you know that you have a tendency to become obsessed, sex just lets all that, all those feel good chemicals out, you get attached. And then also if it doesn't work out, you kind of have that gross feeling, you know, where you're like, wow, I gave myself to this person and it didn't work out. The longer you can kind of postpone intimacy while you learn about their character, will not only make intimacy much more fulfilling when when it does happen, it kind of protects you from to that obsessive quality. At least that's just my uh, helpful advice. I think that's that's a very smart. Yeah. Yep. So, thank you Ali for that voicemail. That was again sharing these things the way that each of these listeners reach out, reaches out, in my opinion, it just shows profound levels of self-awareness, right? You want this to work out. You're aware of your own tendencies. So write a, do, a new story. Choose a new narrative. Yeah. Right? That, that's exactly it. Okay. So I was just about to play the next voicemail and I realized the next voicemail is a follow-up from Allie about what happened. <laughs> oh my God. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> So let's hear how this all played out. She's going to be like, bitch, why didn't you give me this fucking advice two months ago? Oh, (laughs) Oh, shit. Okay, let's hear how it all played out for Allie. Hey, girl. Just a little follow-up. This is Allie from Cleveland again. Um, Last time I called, I was like, how do I talk to somebody without being obsessed with them? Um, Well, I ended up talking to this person, and we went on a date, and... I was stupid and thought, this is a person who won't just ghost me. So I had sex with him. And um, long story short, we were still talking and like everything was fine. And then randomly he just didn't reply to my message. And then I just found out he like blocked me on everything. And I don't know why. And I probably will never know why. Um, And like I logically can say like you know like this is not this isn't like because I'm an awful person and stuff like you know shit happens but sheesh does it bring up the triggers of all the abandonment issues and the rejection issues and the 
feeling not good enough and feeling like, oh my God, I'm a bad person. I'm toxic. Everybody hates me because it's like, why would you block somebody just because you didn't vibe with them, you know? Um, and like, I know stuff happens, but yeah, I just wanted to give you a, I felt like this would be funny to hear back to back. So enjoy that. Oh God. It was funny to hear back to back, but I also like my heart hurts for you because I've been there and I want, before I kind of let Zaz react, um, you will never know why. And you have to release the need to ever know why, because whatever his excuses for doing this, it's not going to make you feel better. I think, you know what I mean? And it's so ironic. Cause I was like, don't sleep with them. Don't sleep with them. And she's like, oops, I slept with them. Zaz, what's your response? Yeah, I mean, it's a trick. It's a, you know, it's a frustrating experience to go through anything. Has that ever happened to you? Um, Don't lie. It definitely hasn't. No, it hasn't. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, You fuck. Of course it's never happened to you, you freaking. You know, but but that's also because, I mean, who am I to say? It's not because, for no other reason than your advice actually is like, you know, I, I do, I don't, I'm not a fan of one night stands. Mm. But I don't think that it was a one night stand. We don't know that it may have been, but it's, Mm. it's even, I think that it's even just as damaging on ourselves, even if it's after three dates. And it's like, think about it. You've probably only spent like with three dates, like maybe six hours around this person or whatever. It's like a short period of time is not, in my opinion, long enough to like, if you know that you're going to be fucked up, If you sleep with someone, I feel like early on, you kind of have to make a pact with yourself. Like if they ghost me or they turn out to be a real asshole, I better just be in it for the sex because Mm -hmm. you have to kind of prepare yourself for that outcome, I think, and be okay with it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, dating is a, it's the wild west as they say, right? And you can protect yourself. Like I said, I had to learn when I met Zaz, I wouldn't recommend it, but like one of the first things I said to him when we dated, I was so burnt out on dating, living in LA. And I was like, by the way, I'm celibate right now. So if that bothers you, like I'm not sleeping with anyone until I'm in a committed relationship with them. And Zaz was like, what the fuck? Like I just see his eyes. <laughs> Didn't put him off. And we did. We waited to be intimate, I think for like three months or something. Yeah. For it wasn't a while. like anything crazy, but it was. And we I spent mean, a lot of time together. Yeah. Days together. Well, ultimately, like, you know, I mean, that my own to my own values of like my own life, like I, I, I realize that sex is like only one part of, you know, the, the human connection. So yeah. like, and such a it's a it's like, it's not that it's a small insignificant part. It's just it's equal to a lot of other things. There's so many other really vital things. Yeah, I mean, arguably, there's even more vital things like, you know, identifying, you know, all the, the values. Other values and all these other things that, you know, we, we spoke of. Mm-hmm. Um so ultimately, you know, the right people, this is the point, is is if you're transparent yeah, right up front, you know, about your situation and how you want to approach connecting to other human beings. Yep. Uh, I'm using human beings a lot today. It's like the theme of the day, like humanity. <laughs> but um, if you're upfront <laughs> about these things, I think ultimately, you know, um, you can't go wrong. It's like either yeah. you're going to suss out the people that are at, at, like – assholes and like shouldn't be in in the in the in the conversation or you're gonna awaken the people that are that are frankly there for the right reasons and like 
what do you got to lose other than just being honest and, and, and authentic about what you're expecting from a situation, especially in a dating context where like you're t- talking about strangers who are like literally on a site to try to connect to one another. I think it's a great forum to, to be authentic. It absolutely is, you know, and I think I'm trying my best in true like Molly podcaster fashion to just like think about what are the themes that we've identified with these voicemails because we've we're hitting almost like 50 minutes now. And I think there's been so much that we've shared that's really valuable. And never fear, I'm having Zaz back on more. I'm going to definitely drag him on to be a guest more. Um, but the themes that I've identified in this, and Zaz, I'd love for you to share yours too, but it's just like the importance of values. And you can't really be out there in the dating world or connecting with other people if you don't know your own values. I just got into a discussion with someone on my Instagram account today where she was asking like a question about like, what do you mean by values or whatever? I shared like a picture that said like the building blocks of identity because quote unquote BPD, one of the symptoms of this thing that we call borderline personality disorder is like identity disturbance, not knowing. And one of the best ways to I think we get lost in the sauce. We think like our sexuality, our gender, and all these things are very important to also our identity, but we forget that values, core values are also a huge building block of identity. And I think so many of us have like our clothes, our our sexuality, maybe even our gender. We're like, we, we know kind of where that's going but we're forgetting a huge piece of the puzzle, which is like, what do you stand for? What do yeah. you believe in? What are your core values? These are things like Zaz talked about, integrity, compassion. Outline what those are, because if you don't know what those are for you, how are you supposed to know what you want in a potential partner? That's, I mean, I couldn't have said it any better, you know, and and and, and understanding those core values applies to every walk of, of your, your experience in life, whether it's relationship to to, to the job you want to take or not take to the art you create to the work you do whatever it is and you know what they talk about boundaries you hear boundaries all the time you can't be in a relationship you can't pick a partner you can't set boundaries you can't pick your career if you don't know what you stand for what you will and won't uh accept right with with love it's not like you have to make someone change but you can go this isn't for me because these are my values Mm -hmm. if you don't have those defined well, you've got half the, all the people that called in today, they're halfway there. Like you said, we've yep. got this incredible level of self-awareness, but what do you stand for? What are your values, you know, and live by those mm-hmm. and pick your partners by those and bring yourself to your relationship. So many of us who identify with these symptoms also, I feel like the people we love most get the worst part of ourselves because we feel like they're never going to leave us. And so we save kind of like these, it's not like we're consciously doing it, but they see the darkest parts. Bring the best of you, bring your values, live your values in your relationships too. But again, you can't do any of that without identifying what the hell they are. That's That's the magic right there. So Zaz, to finish this out, why don't you share what are some of your core values? I know that you spoke about compassion, but just give the listeners a little bit about what are your values. Maybe they can take some inspiration from it. You know, compassion, integrity, you know, authenticity. You know, I'd say like those are, those are like the, the, 
I would say arguably the top three values that that trickle into you know every decision that I make. You know, for instance, I have to remain authentic to how I want to um, experience the world, which is through the creative lens, mm-hmm. right? So if I, I'm not willing to sacrifice that, for instance, um, and that includes in my job or my relationships, yeah, you know, like if someone inhibits my ability to remain authentic to my creative self, then that's not the right fit for me. Um, you know, integrity. Um, I, I don't want to. I don't want to find myself in a position where I'm being something that I'm not, you know, mm-hmm. um, that's extremely important to me. And you're, one is challenged on a, on a daily basis. You know, your integrity is always a, a challenge, you know, potentially. And then compassion, you know, um, seeing the, the child in everyone, that everyone was a, a child that came into this world and deserves the same type of compassion that you expect on yourself, mm-hmm. just as you and you know, just as you deserve to give compassion to yourself, um, you know, like th- these are kind of like, and I'm sure there's others that, but those th- those frankly are the ones that have um, I've said no to many things in my life to defend those. Beautiful, honestly, very beautifully put, and I recommend contemplating this. This isn't something that you pick overnight. This is something that you dedicate your to, right? Your life to, right? Or your next period of time to is identifying what your values are. They can change too, but I think that it's always good to have like a baseline. And to anyone who's out there right now thinking like, well, shit, I don't know what my values are. How do I do that? I know it sounds, might sound silly. Look up lists of core values. And read those words. You know, you'll see things like honesty, integrity, compassion, um, et cetera, et cetera. And there's hundreds of them. And just notice what stands out to you. And then start writing them down and, and journal about why they mean something to you. And then really get a core list of them and put that list of words where you can see it. Set it to your phone background. Put it up on your fridge. And instead of like DBT skills where you have to remember these therapeutic modalities to do, it's a hell of a lot easier to just have your core values front and center and try for a while to live your life through those and see the drastic difference. You're not going to be perfect, but I feel like it also tackles identity. It tackles this feeling of emptiness and purposelessness because now you know what you stand for. One thing I'll add also is I feel like one feels intuitively what their values are. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you feel like you're doing something wrong, you know, like you feel like this is, doesn't feel right. For instance, this is going against my integrity. Like these intuitive feelings have words. Yes. You know, and that's how I've learned through my life what ultimately, how my values, how I programmatically, there's certain things that fundamentally don't feel right to me. In your gut. In my gut. But Zaz, you know what? I've told you about this before, and you know this. This is actually a perfect segue. This is why we've been doing the Hero's Journey series on the premium version of the podcast, because what it comes down to, anyone who struggles with the symptoms that we discuss here, with emotion dysregulation, with all of these things, you are disconnected from your intuition, from your gut. You can't trust it. You're almost like questioning, like, is it so often I hear people say, is it me or is it the BPD? Like you're this, you have this conflicted 
split in your psyche where you don't know, you can't even trust your inner voice anymore. And it's about healing that relationship with your inner voice so that you can start trusting it again, Zaz, because I feel like you have such a good relationship with that inner guide within you. I do. And that's what I've recognized in our partnership and what I admire so much about you. And that's been really the core of my journey is how can I repair this broken relationship with my intuition? I think that you just hit it on the nail right there. That's it. Yeah. And so perfect segue, as I mentioned before, you know, this will conclude the public episode for today over on the premium version of the podcast. I offer additional weekly episodes for my premium subscribers where we really dive under the hood of these spiritual topics because Zaz and I are both of the belief, we have these discussions all the time, that really this healing journey that we're all on comes down to two things. Spiritual starvation, which basically means we are unable to connect ourselves to the bigger picture, to zoom out, and also we are disconnected from our gut, from Mm -hmm. our intuition. Those are two things that you need to function as a human being. So we keep saying human being. But you need those things. And that's why... For my premium subscribers, I've been taking them through step-by-step the hero's journey. And it's this visualization, meditation, um, interesting series that I've been doing. And it helps and it is aiming to help you go outside the box, go outside your comfort zone and start to listen to that inner voice and begin to trust it again and begin to zoom out and connect your human experience to the collective human experience. So you don't feel like this suffering, lost person who's all alone that has no idea what to do next. You will start to know what to do next because it will arise within you. And so two things, if you would like to hear your voice on the podcast or hear a question answered, you can go ahead and submit a voicemail by visiting backfromtheborderline.com and clicking the little microphone icon. And you can record up to like a minute and 30. If it's a question for Zaz, feel free to submit a voicemail for Zaz, a question for him. And I will save those voicemails in a folder so that the next time Zaz is on the podcast, which won't be a year. Right, Zaz? Uh, no, it was sure. Committed uh, on air. Yeah, well, if, you know, if, if I'm requested, <laughs> if I'll be Oh, you're here. gonna be requested. So listen, submit voicemails so that I can make Zaz come on again. Except you got so much feedback from your last episode. I got an overwhelming flood of emails because I hadn't set up voicemails yet at this time. The emails I received after Zaz's episode were just insane. People loved it. And the only feedback I got was like, Polly, you interrupt Zaz so much. And I was like, shit, because I listened back to that episode and I sure as hell did. I love this though, because now I think I've shown a lot of growth. I've learned how to be a better listener. And I agreed with them. I did interrupt you a lot on our last episode. I hope you felt like you weren't interrupted this time. I did. And I think I might've interrupted you at some point, No, you know, but- enthusiasm right enthusiasm i used to have a list by the way so we'll end on that (laughs) you did Uh, yes i didn't even know this that's adorable (laughs) little little says with a little more you know the more you know rainbow (laughs) so now i'm gonna tease you guys a little bit because 
This will be the end of the public version of the podcast. As I said, premium subscribers are going to get bonus episodes every week. If you want access to that, you need to go back from the borderline.com and click unlock premium access on this week's premium access episode. I'm going to be having an extra little mini deep dive before we dive back into the hero's journey series. We're going to have Zaz talk a little bit about what the hero's journey means to him in his life. And if you want to hear that, you're going to need to become a premium subscriber. But if you are just tuning in for the free episodes, that's okay too. We have loved having you here today. Zaz, do you have any parting words for the public feed people before we start recording our premium private podcast? You know, I actually will just say one thing, and it was just derivative of, of something that you said about um, – uh, as it relates to the hero's journey and just, you know, uh, identifying one, get, getting back in touch with your own intuitive self mm. is once you start um, sharing with others this realization of your own intuition, people start to self-identify and start to express, they start to mirror and emanate that same intuitive recognition. And I see that in my life, the more that I've started to except that I'm an intuitive body and, 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 and start to broadcast that, the more I'm seeing people start to share that they also are feeling intuitive about certain things in their lives. And then it becomes this almost critical mass of manifestation together. And, I know it sounds, and we're seeing that in yeah, the emails that I'm receiving. It, it's really remarkable. And so I just wanted to say we that- even it, shared my Hero's Journey episodes with Zaz's boss. Yeah, yeah, truly. It's, you know, it's, And it's had a profound impact on him. There's something powerful though about just the journey, your own personal journey and broad and sharing that with others and how that ripples. Yes. It cre- there's something really beautiful about that. And I just want to, I, 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 you know, I just want to comment on that. I appreciate you sharing that, you know, and we talk about this all the time in our relationship. And it's one of the reasons why I was inspired to make that series because I believe so hold, wholeheartedly in, in that concept. So again, Go to backfromtheborderline.com and click unlock premium access if you want to hear the Hero's Journey series. There are already more than 10 episodes of it now at this point, and you'll also hear Zaz and I's additional exclusive chat about it as well. So thank each and every one of the listeners today who submitted their voicemails. You're appreciated. Zaz, you want to give your little toodaloo sign off? Toodaloo. Toodles. Toodles. Bye. <laughs> Bye, Zaz. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Back from the Borderline. If you'd like to receive my monthly written recovery musings via Substack directly to your inbox, send me a voicemail, join the Patreon community, or check out my Amazon book list recommendations, visit backfromtheborderline.com and click to access my link tree.